Welcome to the Sale Street Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. And for more information about our church, visit salestreet.org. Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And then some of those who belonged to the synagogue, to the freemen as it was called, and of the uh, Syrians, and of the Alexandrians, and of the Sicilia and uh, Asia, rose up and dispute it with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit which he was speaking. Then they secretly uh, instigated men who said, we have heard him speak blasphemy words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and they came up, uh, they came upon him and they seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, this man never see, uh, ceases to speak words against his holy place and the law. And we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will charge and, and sorry and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like a face of an angel. Let us pray. Holy Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your word this morning. I just pray right now as we begin this time of teaching and going through your word, Lord, that this will be your words and not mine. Father, I pray that you prepare our minds like the good soul and prepare us to hear what you have us to hear this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what it teaches us. We thank you for what it shows us. We thank you for what it provides us. And we just ask right now, Father, that you will just bring that truth out to us this morning. In your name, amen. If y'all be seated. Thank you so much. Um, for those who do not know me, I'm Kent Shepherd. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, and uh, I thank you so much for all your prayers, uh, not just for my uh, eyes, but as y'all know, I've been um, in quarantine uh, due, to, uh, 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 due to COVID, and I appreciate everyone's prayers, and, and I'm out and about and out of all that, and I appreciate everyone's prayers for that, and y'all continue to uh, lift up uh, Tim and his uh, uh, wife as they're out and vacationing this week, and man, I hope they have a wonderful time. Um, and I know that they uh, appreciate your prayers as they are uh, out this week. If y'all will turn with me to Acts chapter 6, uh, 8 through 15, we're going to be looking at Stephen is seized. Last week, uh, Lucas preached on the seven, and those seven are where we get a lot of the understanding of the deacons and, and, and that serv- uh, serving within the church. And we are introduced to a, a man there named Stephen. And we're also uh, introduced to another man named Philip. And we're going about to see both of their lives um, in, uh, in the text to come. But um, today, as we talk about Stephen and what is happening um, during this time. So as we just kind of uh, go into this time to look at who is Stephen. So this morning, as we have already read this, 
I want us to uh, look at this in two ways. One is going to be Stephen's approach, and then the other way is going to be the crowd's response. And I want us to look at Stephen, and I want us to look at the crowds, and, I, and it's very easy for us to do um, in, uh, in the church world, especially when we're reading. We want to always be just the good guy, right? We always want to be uh, the guy on the right side. But I want us to look at how, we can, uh, how it can easily be on both sides. And I do want us to look at the crowd's response and how we can easily be wrapped into that crowd. The whole point of this message um, I mean, this whole series is the church then and now, um, and we, we definitely want to look at that. And so this morning, we're going to look at first is Stephen's approach. And so first uh, thing we need to look at is Stephen's character, and let's look at that. And so we see from Acts chapter 6, uh, um, verse 3, when they were put uh, to the side, they said, man, bring us men who are going to be of good repute which means good character, um, full of the Spirit, full of, the, full of wisdom. But we also um, see here in verse 8, and Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. So we see that um, Stephen's character, as he was going out and he was preaching, he, uh, this was not a man who, who uh, just, uh, just went out and decided to do these type of things this was a man with full of the spirit full of wisdom as the lord was leading him he was going out and he was doing he not only was he set aside uh, to do these tangible needs among um his uh, uh, uh with the church he was now going out and preaching on um, the word now where was he preaching well we look here in verse uh nine we see that now he was uh, uh, those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Sicily, and of the Alexandrias, and of the Sicily, and of Asia. This was um, basically the people of, of the Dispuria. In other words, these were people from other, uh, during the exile, as they were exiled out, and a lot of them had also been slaves, and that's why it's called the freedmen. A lot of them, as they were freed, and they came back, and they, as they gathered, these were more what we would call the Hellenistic Jews. These were Greek, these were Greek-speaking Jews. These were Stephen's people. This is where Stephen would have fallen into. He was going out and speaking to people like him. Okay, and we we see that as he was going out and he was talking, he was talking to people even that would have been in Paul's ca- category, the Sicilia. Uh, would have been in uh, where Paul would have been in because Paul was from Tartus he would have fell into those Hellenistic speaking Jews he would have fallen into these categories so he's going out and he's speaking to his people and he's going out and he's telling them the the word of God but something's going on here with them they didn't agree with his message they didn't they didn't uh, uh, so as we see his character and he was being faithful to what the word of God they did not agree his message um, because we see here in verse 10 they begin to debate Stephen in verse 10 it says this but they could not withstand the wisdom of the spirit which he was speaking so they begin to stand up they begin to debate him and to his reasoning of the spirit uh, the uh, sorry the spiritual power in his speaking the wisdom the spirit gave him in verse 610 
shows that they cannot uh, debate him. They cannot um, reason with him. And so when his opponent sought to show his understanding was wrong, he had the wisdom, he had the knowledge to prove that the Scriptures did point to Christ. And we see this in Luke. Do we not? In Luke 21, 15, Jesus told them that he... That, that when they would be put on trial, when they would be tested, I will give you the words and the wisdom that none of you or your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict you. And this definitely came into reason with Stephen. And so we see that, um, we see that Stephen was prepared. We see that Stephen's character. And this is where Christ wants us, right? He wants us to... Um, be full of wisdom. He wants us to be full of the Spirit. He wants us to be prepared and be able to, um, to preach. We're all to be going out and we're all to be preaching the gospel and showing Christ in all that we do. We need to show in our actions and our deeds. We're supposed to be hearers and doers of the Word, not just hearers only. We're supposed to be words and deeds. And here he is. Not only is he um, in the church, doing the service of the church we see early on, we see now that he is going out and he is preaching the word. But then the crowd responds differently. So the second point of this is the crowd's response. We're going to look at two parts of this. The first is the frame up. Because they begin, this is the first time um, that we have seen that the crowd has responded this way. See, the times before we saw that the uh, Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, the leaders of the church... Uh, sorry, the leaders of the, uh, uh, of the Jewish uh, system, they were against. But this is the first time we see that the crowd has begun to debate and been a part of this. So let's look at this and um, uh, uh, the crowd's response. So the crowd response, one is the frame up here. We see that they secretly begin to put people or say, uh, um, tell people what to say. So this word here, that um, in different versions have different um, words here, but the secretly uh, instigated, it comes from this, uh, this word meaning um, hapalo, which implies putting words in someone's mouth or making false suggestions. In other words, using them to be like parrots. So here are these people telling them, hey, this is what he's saying. Hey, you need to say this. These are the things that are going on. So they're trying to get in the crowd, and the crowd is now not agreeing with Stephen. Because why? Well, they're saying these charges of blasphemy. One, that he was speaking against Moses, the law. And then, two, that he was against God. That, that uh, in, in particular, he was against the temple, God's dwelling place. Okay? And these were some of the same things that Jesus was accused of in Mark 14, 63 and 64. So we see uh, very similar here with the author of Luke um, is um, portraying the, the trial of Stephen very similar to that of the trials and the accusations that Christ was given. Okay, And so we see that this crowd is not responding. Um, they, they're framing him up. They, want, they, don't, they don't believe what uh, he is saying. They want to prove him false. And they're against with what he's saying. But one thing I found very interesting with this is, again, who are these um, people who are against this? Well, it's not 
the nationalistic Jews. It's not the people who are from Jerusalem proper. It is from the Dispuria, is the Hellenistic Jews. And I thought it was very interesting, and um, I found a lot of commentators pointing to this, and that, 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 that a lot of them were so enraged because where a lot of us would think, well, wouldn't they be more liberal? Wouldn't they want to hear something a little, uh, a little different than what they were taught? Because, you know, wouldn't the, wouldn't the, the, the natural-born Hebrews, they'd be a little more against hearing uh, this gospel of Jesus, but the Hellenistics would not? But it's not the case in this. It's actually the complete opposite. These, uh, these Hellenistic Jews... Uh, as we would think they would be more tolerant, more receptible to these new ideas, and less nationalistic. And, um, um, and actually, in uh, commentary by uh, um, Pohill, uh, it, he says this, that the evidence is exactly the opposite was the case. The Jews who came from these areas were usually high nationalist Jews, having left their homes um, in the dispersion to migrate to the holy city, the temple city, and there they were highly zealous for both law and temple, and they were wrong in their charge, uh, in their charge blasphemy. They were blind zealotism and incapable of taking them to the most constructive critique. That came from Poe Hill. And what I thought was very interesting with this is that they were... Uh, some commentators called them Zionist instead of nationalist, Zionist. And they became so to the law, they became so to um, um, what they believed was this nationalist Jew, uh, Judaism, that they began to lose sight. That became their idol. The traditions, the nationalism, that became their idol over who God was. And we see this is happening. They, they were not angry, and even the blasphemy they're saying towards God was not even towards God, it was towards the temple. And they were against, uh, they, uh, they were more upset with this change of Moses and change of his culture than anything else. And we see that Paul also followed in this category too. As he followed into this, we see that these were the things that he was angry with as well. Because they, they considered themselves that they were going to um, be these nationalistic Jews. They were going to be very tight with this. And we can fall into the same category, right? We can fall into becoming very staunch in towards tradition. Whether that's church tradition. Or maybe that is American tradition or national traditions. If we... If we become something other than Christ first, then it becomes an idol. Correct? And when it becomes something more than Christ first, so if it becomes church first, church tradition over our relationship of Christ, then we got a problem. If it becomes nationalism, if it becomes something, anything other than over Christ, Although it might not be popular to say, it is, it, it is wrong. It is, should be Christ first. And this is what was happening here with the Hellenistic Jews, that these laws, that these rules, that everything in which they were teaching, 
had become, they become so zealot for it because for several reasons. As they came back, they wanted other Jews to consider them just, just like them. And so one of the ways that they did it, they became very zealot towards the law, towards the temple, towards these things. And so therefore, they put that above the relationship with God. I like a quote from the expository uh, preaching commentary uh, that said this. Again, we learn from this place how religious zeal can overflow overthrow religion and work out the purpose of evil religious zeal mere party spirit taking the place of real religion led the hellenistics to um, suburn men and that suburn is the same word we we said in uh, instigated and falsely accused stephen they made an idol of the system of judaism and forgot its spirit they worshiped their idols so much that they were ready to break the commandments of God for its sake. I want to read that one more time, that last sentence. They worshiped their idol so much that they were ready to break the commandments of God for its sake. They begin to worship this idea of nationalism, this idea of law, this idea of Judaism above God so much that they were willing to break one of the commandments that they said that they were standing against, correct? Because what will happen to Stephen? Stephen will be killed. He will be stoned. He will be martyred. It is this word martyr, which means witness in the Greek, and it's used in these texts right here and that is where we're going to get the word to be a martyr it means to be a witness to be a witness to death and we see that Stephen again with his character he's full of spirit he's full of grace he's full of the power of the spirit we see that when he is speaking that the Lord is speaking for him not not that Stephen was giving his opinions or his ideas or his thoughts, but he was giving what the Word of God said, Scripture, and again, going to what Jesus had already said, when you go against trial, you don't have to worry. It will not be your words. I'm going to speak for you. They're not going to be able to debate. And as they go, that they go against this crowd, and this crowd begins to frame them up. This crowd begins to try to put trickery in there. And to the point that they got so caught up in their ideas and their thoughts and their idolatry that they were even willing to break the commands in which they were standing against. Oh, church, we need to be so careful not to become so entwined with this. We need to be so careful that we don't get so entwined with our, uh, that our ideas of tradition or our ideas of what we think is the best and we put it over Scripture. Um, one of the, uh, you know, how are we, what are we putting as important to us? 
Um, I got, as I talked to Lucas this week, you know, one of the things he said and I thought was so good is that how do we talk before church or after church? Can people tell, uh, quickly tell us about, if you speak with us, we can um, quickly find out what we think is important, right? If you're around me, you're going you're gonna to find out a few things are important to me, right? You're going to find out about where I'm from, Mississippi. Uh, you're going to find out that I, I, I'm, I love to, uh, I was a, I'm a coach and I love to swim. You're going to find out those things about me. You're going to find out that I, I, I love, uh, you know, I love different things. When people are finding out and talking to us before, after church, or hey, just out and about, are they going to find out these things that we love and that are important to us? Where is Christ falling into those conversations? Are people going to know that we are a believer? Are people going to understand where we stand on these things? And here we have these people, they became so with the law, so with uh, the, the temple that that they lost their first love of Christ, of, of God, of, of even wanting to listen to these things. The next part is the trial. So we see here now they brought Stephen up on the trial. So the trial is the Sanhedrin. So here we go again. We, we see these men. They're brought up into the temple. Uh, well, uh, not temple, th this court, and they brought upon these uh, two things that are going to happen. One is this false witnesses. So they're going to bring upon these false witnesses to testify against Stephen. So we see a couple of these things. Um, we see very similarities, again, to the trial of Jesus and the trial of, uh, of Stephen here. The same setup. Um, you know, trying to silence uh, the true, uh, you know, we see a very similar setup here, trying to, to say words or put words in people's mouths. Uh, that, you know, we, here's some similarities. Um, the same base of employment of false witnesses. We see the same um, wrestling of good words into um, criminal acts. In other words, saying he said this, but he meant this. Um, we see the same attitude that Jesus had that we see that of Stephen. This meekness and patience uh, upon, you know, death and, and, and this righteousness in which he had. We see all this happening here very similar. And so we see that these false witnesses are called. And they're called, and as they spoke, um, some of the things in which they said. Let's um, read this um, real quick. So as they were stirred, they called the council, and they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak a word against the holy place and the law. And we have heard him say that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered us. And gazing at him, all who sat in him, uh, sat in the council, saw that his face was like the face of an angel. So, in, so one, here are a couple of things that they um, said. Uh, they're twisting some of the words, right? Just like Jesus said, in three days, I, I, this, uh, 
uh, I will rise this temple. And he was talking about his body. Again, probably Stephen was saying some of the same things. I was reading a, uh, a sermon by another pastor, and he took these things of saying, where, where did Stephen get these from? And he showed it within Scripture of where Christ would have said these. But here is Stephen speaking, and he's speaking the truth of Christ, and when they brought him, there would be false witnesses. Let me just encourage us. When we are speaking truth, there are going to be people who are going to be against us. There are going to be people who are going to make false claims against us. But we see how did G- I mean, sorry, how did Stephen go through this? He went through it just like Christ, right? We see very similarities in this. We see one that he had this meekness attitude. Two, we see a patience that he he's going to have. And when we do see him, and next week when Paul. Um, preaches about this and shows this we're going to see that of of he when he has his opportunity to speak he is not afraid to give the gospel he is not afraid of these things he stands bold he stands brave and we see that these men uh, as the the false witnesses uh, are called and they're given these places again they knew what to say. One, the blasphemy of law, as I just mentioned about uh, Moses. One, about the holy place. Um, the, uh, they, um, this would be something um, that they would consider blaspheming because uh, one of the things is that they, they consider the holy place above all other things. It's why it's very important when Jesus' death and when his death happened, the curtain tore from the top down and it allowed us to understand that we can now go into the Holy of Holies. We no longer need anyone to go before us. And so any of these things that would have been said, this would have been considered blasphemy to them. So then Stephen is called. And, we, and, we, and when they looked upon him, and we're going to see in 7-1, what is your account of this? What is your thing? But when they look upon him, what do they see? It says that his face shined like an angel. It said that his face was like an angel. And it showed that his innocence, it showed that the spirit was there. Uh, um, I, again, I want to uh, read another quote from Poe Hill, that Stephen had only been, uh, had uh, not only been faithful in a witness to the teachings of Jesus, and um, something here that I thought was interesting, to reject the testimony of Jesus was ultimately to reject Jesus. This is what his trial was about. The violent rejection of Stephen represents a rejection of Jesus, the Messiah. Ultimately, it was not Stephen put on, uh, um, put on, uh, Uh, It was ultimately not Stephen, but the Sanhedrin on trial that day. When they rejected the message of Christ, what they were rejecting in this truth was the rejection that Jesus was the Messiah. And this same rejection happens today. The people do not want to claim that he is Savior and Lord. Some people want to claim that. Some people want to, um, 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 to, to say, I'm a Christian, 
But when it, but to say that he is Lord and Savior, and when we say Lord, it means he's ruler of everything, right? It means he's ruler of our Facebook account. He's ruler of our bank account. It means he's ruler of our marriage. It means he's ruler of our thoughts. He, it means he's ruler of our language and our talks. It is not, I'm going to pick and choose these things. And so uh, many times we can be like the crowd, right? We can be zealot. We can, we, can, we can hold very true to these traditions and these things. And we're putting that above that he is Lord. Because it doesn't fit what we think the Messiah should look like. And we have to be very cautious of this. And this is where Stephen was standing. And ultimately, Stephen, as he was testifying, and you're going to see this next week, as he basically goes from the Old Testament down and, and showing that Jesus was the Messiah, he's the one that we've been looking for, that it was the Sanhedrin who rejected. It was the Sanhedrin who could not Except, that same calling is upon all of us. See, we're all called to go and preach the gospel. We're all called to stand and, and, and show people the message of Christ. And how are we going to respond to that? We need to be showing like like Christ showed when he was going through this. We need to show the meekness. We need to show the, the patience. We need to understand that people are going to be rejecting the message. They're not rejecting you. They're not rejecting me. They're rejecting Christ. And we see this, even though that this violent death and which will, what will happen of Stephen, they were ultimately, what they were doing is they were rejecting the truth of the gospel. But we need to understand something that, that John says in chapter 1, that darkness runs from the light. And darkness cannot accept what the light has to offer. And we have to understand that, and, and we need to show the light of Christ upon a dark world. If we want things to be different at South Street, if we want things to be different in Lake Charles or Southwest Louisiana, it will not be different if all we do is sit and speak of nothing but we need to go out we need to do and we need to be telling people the gospel of Jesus Christ only through the gospel people can be changed it cannot be through your opinions it has to be the scripture and that is what we stand upon is the scripture we quickly want to say I believe every word of this right but when the word of God is pointed to us, we want to quickly say, I, I, but except for that one. I'll believe everything but, but that. We either believe it all or none. And I want to tell you guys, we have to go and we have to go preach. And, and let me just tell you, people are going to reject that gospel. And some people are going to accept that. Our job is to go and be faithful in preaching. And we have to understand that 
if we truly want to see this city to be different, in the words of my friend Paul uh, um, Pettifer, who has said that to me since probably the first day I've met him almost 12-something years ago, uh, longer or shorter, Paul, I, I can't remember. Someone tells me you can't either, but, you know, it's been, been that long. But, the, uh, but if we want to see that city to be different, it's only through the gospel. It cannot be through the words of Kent. It cannot be through the words of any of us here. It has to be the word of Jesus Christ. So what is that gospel? That gospel is that this, that we needed a Savior. We were born sinners. And we cannot save ourselves. And our loving, our merciful, our gracious Lord sent his son to die for you and me. And then when he... And then he just did not die. He came and he lived this perfect life. And on the third day, he rose again. And he defeated death. We just celebrated that in Easter, right? And we need to understand that the Lord has called us and we are to be faithful in that. Um, we need to be faithful in that we are all called to go and spread this gospel. We need to be careful because a lot of times we think it is just the ones called into the ministry or it's just the ones who call to be elders to go and preach the gospel or maybe those who are called, who are better speakers and are, are, are better preachers or maybe the ones who are a little bit more trained. But see, if we are claimed to be of, of Christ, we are called, we're all called to go and spread this gospel of Jesus Christ and I want to encourage you of that because I too struggle with that I too have sit down and I've struggled with man maybe I'm not the best at speaking or preaching and but my goal is to go out as a disciple of Christ is to go and tell people about Jesus and it's not my message I am giving them. It is Christ's message. It is God's message. And it's not my words. It is the Scripture. And, we have, and, and just as we said that the Lord will give, you, uh, give us the things to say, we, we have seen that time and time again in our lives. And I want to encourage us guys that it's real easy for us to say, man, we're going to be like Stephen. But we've got to also make sure we're looking at our hearts and we're not being like the crowd, that we get too zealous towards what we have been brought up in and we put that over the Scripture. Does that make sense? We have to be so cautious of that. And, I, and I'll tell you, I, I can fall in that category I was brought up in the, uh, uh, ever since I was little into a Southern Baptist church, and I can sometimes bring up things that are very comfortable to me over Scripture. I have to be cautious with that, and I have to go before the Lord to make sure I'm careful in that. So I want to encourage you this morning as this is brought up, what, uh, one of the things that we can be responding and praying to is how are we going to tell our friends, how are we going to tell our neighbors, how are we going to tell our city about Jesus Christ. So as I pray and, and, the, and the worship team is coming up, um, we just pray as we have myself and others down here 
Uh, We'd love to pray with you and respond with you. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for this opportunity and your word this morning. We ask right now, Lord, that you just uh, be with us as we respond to what your word says. We ask, Father, that uh, just as Stephen stood boldly, I pray, Father, that we will stand boldly for you and all that we do. Father, we ask right now to let us examine our hearts and examine where we stand before you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together and worship together this morning. In your name, amen.